Welcome to a new episode of the Cutting Edge OTRs. Today, I'm going to present to you an article about the evaluation of two different treatment procedures after calving to improve the harvesting of high quantity and high quality colostrum. This study was published by the Frey University in Berlin, Germany, the Veterinary School at The Ohio State University, and the Ludwig Maximilian University in Munich, Germany. The objective of this study was to evaluate two different treatment procedures at first milking after calving to increase colostrum quantity and to improve colostrum quality in dairy cows. So stay tuned to learn what the researchers found. So the real challenge is, how do veterinarians like us, who don't have the time, resources, or financial backing of a multi-million dollar company, who are faced with irregular work schedules, on calls, and emergencies, how can we facilitate our own personal and professional growth so we can continue to offer superior service to our clients while still remaining competitive in today's market? That is the challenge, and this podcast will provide you the roadmap to its solution. I'm your host, Dr. Eric, and welcome to Operators to Owners. Welcome back, OTRs. Today's study that we're going to focus on is the evaluation of two different treatment procedures after calving to improve harvesting of high-quality and high-quantity colostrum. It was published by Sutter, Bochart, Schunemann, Rausch, Earhart, and Heusweiser. The research came out of the Frey University in Berlin, Germany, the Veterinary School at The Ohio State University, and the Ludwig Maximilian University in Munich, Germany. Now, the objective the authors had in this study was to evaluate two different treatment procedures at first milking to increase the colostrum quantity and improve colostrum quality in dairy cattle. They hypothesized that exogenous treatment of oxytocin or the presence of the calf at first milking would lead to higher colostrum quantity and higher IgG concentrations in the harvested colostrum. Now, I'm going to share three background facts that I pulled from the article that the authors shared to set up the article, but these are interesting points that I thought might help the OTO community just in their general practice. And the first of these is the premise that the article or the research was conducted on, and that is research that was done by Stellwagen and Sai in a 2014 study found that higher concentrations of oxytocin in the blood um, might have affected the integrity of the mammary tight junctions and would presumably lead to higher IgG transfer into the udder. So that's where they presumed that giving some kind of oxytocin stimulus, whether exogenous or endogenous, would improve overall quality of colostrum. Another study that they presented with an interesting fact was Carl and Stauffenbiel in 2016 found that as gestation length increased, quality of the colostrum decreased. So in that previous study, cows up to 275 days in gestation had IgG concentrations of 51.8 mg per ml, whereas cows that were 276 to 285 days of gestation length had a 25.6 mg per ml average, and cows over 285 days of gestation had a 26.2 mg per ml average. 
So just, again, an interesting fact to keep in mind when you start to see um, some of these cows with extended gestation lengths in practice. The final interesting factoid from the background of this article was that there was a 2010 study by Morin that found that colostral IgG concentration actually decreases by 3.7% per hour after calving. Now, that's not groundbreaking. We know we want to harvest colostrum as early as possible and get it into the calf as early as possible. But it's nice to have an actual number that you can place um, on that particular fact when you're sharing it with different clients. So I want to make sure you guys knew that as well. Now, if you want to reference any of these studies, obviously all of them are referenced in the article's um, bibliography. Excuse me, I get the end. And you can go to those studies there, click on them, and, uh, and actually follow through with them if you want to learn a little bit more about those facts. The next thing I'm going to discuss with you is the methods of the study. So this is a study that was done in October to December in 2017 in Germany. It took place on a farm that was 2,500 lactating Holsteins that were milked three times a day. It was a 24,500 pound annual average herd, and the study encompassed 521 eligible animals. They actually evaluated a little bit over 550 animals, um, and for various reasons, which you can find in the study, they excluded certain animals that had some exclusionary criteria. Now, these animals were housed in a naturally ventilated, sand-bedded transition cow barn. They were fed a prefresh ration, which was a TMR composed primarily of corn silage, grass silage, corn, and canola meal. And prefresh cows were vaccinated with E. coli, rotavirus, and coronavirus. The farm practiced just-in-time calving and colostral harvest immediately upon calving. So the authors broke this study down into three different groups. They had the control group. They had a treatment one group. So the first treatment group was a group that was treated with 20 international units of oxytocin in the muscle and the neck three minutes prior to colostrum harvest. Then they had a second treatment group. And this treatment group was exposed to their calf three minutes prior to colostrum harvest, and that exposure continued through the duration of the harvest. And they evaluated colostrum quantity by a, high, by a hanging scale and colostrum quality by a two different methods. The first was a sandwich ELISA, and the second was using the more common BRICS refractometry. Refractometry. Wow, easy for me to say. Using a BRICS meter. What did they find? So what they found is in their study, all of the cows averaged about one gallon of quantity, one gallon quantity of colostrum. But there was no actual difference between the control group and the treated groups. However, they did find a difference in quality. So the mean quality in the study over all the groups was 54.6 mgs of IgG per ml. The control group averaged 50.7 mgs per ml. The treatment one group or the oxytocin group had an increase in overall quality of 12% and they had they averaged 57 mg per ml and the treatment with the calf exposure for three minutes prior and during harvest had an increased quality of 10.5% and averaged 56 mg per ml. Another interesting fact is that ELISA testing reinforced that fact we talked about before of as time increased after calving, quality overall decreased, but this difference was not seen on the bricks. Another interesting fact and difference between the ELISA and bricks is that the ELISA actually showed a difference in IgG levels based upon treatment, 
But if you went strictly by the BRICS number, there was no difference in overall colostrum quality. So again, just displaying the differences in sensitivity and what you're actually measuring between the ELISA and the BRICS. So what did the author conclude? So quantity effect. So that's the first parameter we're looking at. Treatments had no observed effect on quantity. However, parameters that the authors found that did affect quantity was parity, calf birth weight, and calving time. So lactation two cows had the least amount of colostrum out of all the parities. And then cows that calved in the PM or at night had a 16% increase in colostrum quantity over daytime calvings. Now looking at the second parameter they wanted to analyze, quality, treatment had a clear effect on quality. Some other parameters that affected quality were colostrum quantity, parity, calving time, harvesting time, and calving day. So again, reviewing what we found before, treatment resulted in a 12% increase over control cows when oxytocin was utilized, a 10.5% increase over control cows when the calf was utilized. Quantity, so as the quantity of colostrum increased, quality decreased, some dilutional factor there. Parity, parity three cows had improved quality over parity one and two cows. Calving time, again, PM or nighttime calvings had a 16% increase in colostrum quality over daytime calvings. Harvesting time, as harvest time to harvest increased, quality decreased, again, reinforcing that fact. And then finally, calving day. They found in the study that Sundays actually resulted in a 12.5% increase in colostrum quality over the study average. So what are some thoughts on this? And I'll share some of my thoughts and some of the author's thoughts. So the author hypothesized um, that the oxytocin might also lead to the, I should say the oxytocin effect, whether exogenous or endogenous, leads to the increase in removal of residual milk from the udder, which increases the overall IgG concentrations in the colostrum. Another interesting point was, though colostrum might meet ideal levels on a BRICS, it may not actually qualify as quality colostrum on some more discerning tests. And given the study's weak correlation between ELISA results and BRICS results in terms of quality, uh, the author submitted that we needed or the community needed to do additional validation uh, as required because even though this trial was randomized, it was only at one single location. So it wasn't a true, quote unquote, true randomized trial. And it really needs to be revalidated in a multicentric, multi-dairy, multi-operation study. So those are kind of the, the author's inputs there. Now, some of my own personal inputs, I think adding the calf exposure or oxytocin injection at the time of calving may be worth doing, but if you're going to do it on a dairy, uh, it's not going to show up on BRICS readings. So you're probably not going to get as much buy-in. And I think the only way you can confirm assumptions like this or get some more buy-in would be to consider running some more sensitive tests, such as, you know, an RID test or an ELISA test, um, or asking, exposing them to this article or asking them, you know, to kind of take you at your word, um, on this particular topic, but I think it has some potential application in uh, practical dairying. Another interesting thing that I think that comes out of this study is quiet times are really excellent times to harvest high quality and high quantity colostrum. And I think that this makes it doubly critical 
for us to make sure we're training our night calving people. I think sometimes they get bypassed or it's hard to get meetings with them. And I think it's really important that we, that we really double down on this and train them really well in colostrum harvesting so that then we can take advantage of the extra supply and the higher quality colostrum to really stock our backup colostrum supply. And also we just know in general, cows tend to calve more at night when it's quieter on the farm. So these people are gonna be really, really important in making sure that we have an adequate and high quality colostrum source, um, either in reserve or what we're feeding to our calves at the time of harvest. The last little thought I had on this article was the improved colostrum quantity and quality on Sundays is also another reason to reinforce the importance of low handling, low stress, dry cow pens. So obviously Sundays are kind of a downtime on most dairies, not a lot of shots, not a lot of handling, not a lot of cleaning. Obviously they're kind of on a skeleton crew just trying to keep the thing, keep the overall operation going. So we want to kind of mimic this in our, in our dry cow pens as much as possible because clearly that's having an effect on our overall classroom quantity and quality. So reinforcing this with our staff, reinforcing this with our clients and our, and our operational managers is going to be important as well. So I'd like to thank you all OTRs for joining me on this first real first episode of The Cutting Edge. Please give me a little bit of feedback, post below, let me know what you thought, what you'd like to know a little bit more about in the articles. Um, this structure is what I'm gonna use going forward, but I'd love feedback and I'll change it as the community wants and I can provide more background information or more of the method information if that's what you guys want. So post below, post in the vet truck forums, um, join our operators owners community at otovets.com forward slash Facebook and give, my, give me some feedback there. However you do it, um, I'd love to hear what you guys think about this episode. Thanks for joining me and carry on OTRs. If you like this episode, you can find more information and a direct link to the article discussed at otovets.com forward slash cutting edge. That's all one word, cutting edge. There you will find a summary of the article as well as a direct link to the publishing source. So stop on by and check out the other content on the operator's owner's webpage and see what you can find. Thanks for joining me, OTRs. Have a great day.